that girl. Across the room, I see Ariel, and what she's making looks like something from Party City, Little Mermaid section. I don't see no food. How are you gonna make that scary, girl? Because right now it looks really like candy cute, and it has to be scary. Everyone's kind of like, I don't know if that's enough. You need to make that like monster, but I still think that I want to keep my mermaid a little bit more cutesy, so it's still true to me. I wish I had more of that green tool, because I don't want it to look like I was like, I got this at Spirit Halloween, yay. <laughs> so I just need to do something to a bitch. Yeah, you should. I'm telling you this because I love you. <laughs> Ariel's my girl. We've gotten really close, so I'm very worried about her. Ariel lives in a 90s Nickelodeon kind of place. I just don't know if that's enough. There's not very much variety so far. Similar wigs, similar makeup. I'm just not sure she can pull this off. Well, it looks like who seemed to be the potential villain of the season is the fifth to go home. And I don't know what that means, but Ariel Versace, uh, Versace, if you will, um, yeah, she lost her feet and went back into the ocean or whatever happens to the Little Mermaid <laughs> at the end. <laughs> you know, I don't remember what happens. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't help but see the 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 poetics of her starting that lip sync on the ground like a mermaid and then mm -hmm. when she stood up very much like ariel in the little mermaid she has trouble standing <laughs> wow that's that's deep that's deep yeah yeah and then you know just uh swam home yeah that's true she left as a mermaid that's you know there's yeah. those little coincidences on drag race and it's those little poetry moments she, she's less as a mermaid is that what you said yeah, she left as a mermaid. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, like, you know, if, if it's not the lip sync song, it's the fact that she left as a mermaid and her name is Ariel. Uh, yeah. Right. It, it, it's very... kind of like, um, I was going to say, it's like when Derek Barry left, he finally changed his eyebrows and you're like, go home, go home. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I I, I doubt, I, you know, I think that there is, there's a chance that the producers are like, all right, well, now's the time to send her home, you know? Right. Right. That they all look I mean, at each other and they're like, that's a gag, you know? <laughs> right. Because, I mean, I guess, you know, we can we'll obviously get into it when we have to navigate the 33 runway looks. But, like, <laughs> I I mean, I think it's possible that as a, once again, there were some queens who were safe that probably should have been in the top and maybe some queens who were in the bottom that maybe should have been safe. So, I mean, they could have put Ariel easily in the safe queens if they thought she was going to yeah. keep giving them drama, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, it was interesting that she was put in the bottom. Um, I they they definitely had a storyline though with this clip of the week, and we hear it. You know, Vanjie's reading her. Scarlet is like, oh god, when Scarlet's like, just kind of '90s Nickelodeon. I was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, it was like, ah, uh, yeah, that's a snick, that's snick, true. She, snick, snick, snick. You know, yeah. <laughs> She she's given me Snick Couch. She's given me Mike O'Malley. She's given me Olmec. She's yeah, given me Dunkaroos commercials. Yeah, <laughs> Alex Mack over there. Um, oh, she's Alex Mack's dorky's older sister. Yeah, 
Yeah, Scarlett's kind of that like the mean older sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. She's. I feel like we're gonna come to realize that like um, Ariel, Ariel, Ariel. I can't even say it. Ariel Versace actually played that kid Sam, and Melissa explains it all. Melissa explains it all. Clarissa explains it all. That that's the same Ferguson, person, like Ferguson. Ferguson. Oh, Ferguson was the brother. Was who was the who was the little weirdo who used to like non consensually <laughs> climb into her bedroom window? Sam. Sam. It was Sam. Yeah. <laughs> non consensually. Totally you know? right. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Well, Clarissa explains it all, but tells nobody what happened with Sam. Like. There's a whole read on that show that's very different. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like somebody could make a trailer of Clarissa Explains It All, but like have it be like this creepy stalker keeps keeps going to her window. You know? Yeah. It'd be like the movie Fear. Let me in the house. Yeah. <laughs> the dog head. Ugh. Ugh. The Ferris wheel. <laughs> uh, Clarissa Explains It All. Something. Yeah. Um, uh, so, okay. So uh, back to Ariel uh, versus. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so in this clip of the week, she's, you know, obviously red and Plastique and Sugar are like red alert, red alert, red alert. They like really want to help her. And they're like, girl, this isn't scary. Like this, you have to be a beast. You have to be whatever. Um, they, but I also, the reason I think this is an interesting clip of the week uh, for a couple of reasons, um, they're warning her, right? And the, the editors are sh choosing to show us this. They also chose to show us Brooklyn struggling with her last look and i don't know maybe this is an unpopular opinion but brooklyn heights final look was also not like scary i mean right like when she came out i was like okay well that's a nice look but i'm not getting the heebie-jeebies over here you know what i mean like it, it, I was expecting them to read Brooklyn for having a nice look, but not scary. Like when they show yeah. the the previews in the commercial, I assume they were saying that to Brooklyn. Right. And it, it's just so interesting that they also chose, they chose to show us her struggling and Ariel struggling. And Ariel's the one that was in the bottom. Because if you think about Ariel's other two looks, I mean, okay, the the middle look, the one where she was, Miley Cyrus and can't be tamed slash Meryl Streep and in into the woods. Like I get oh, yeah. how I get how that might have been like a fail. And Brooklyn's first two looks were phenomenal, right? Like if we're gonna yes. talk about just just what she did on the runway, like they were great. But uh, in terms of the first look, like Ariel's first look with the 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 needle nurse, like that was not bad. That was big and draggy and uh the yeah. silhouette wasn't like the same it wasn't lisa frank necessarily sure she had the hair and the makeup but the outfit i thought was you know surprising um and yeah. different so i think i think my thing with that outfit and really with a lot of the outfits so it's not just on her is that if the category and i wonder if there's something changed along the way but if the category was like trashy trick-or-treater so many of them i was like who is collecting mini Snickers bars in that dress? You know what I mean? <laughs> You're not going to get halfway down the block in that. No Kit Kats for you, Ariel. Like, you're just going to get raisins and nickels and Mary Janes. Cause all the Aren't you girls a little old for trick-or-treating? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to me, you know I mean? to me like, that – oh, no, go ahead. 
I was going to say, but you know, like, they made like a lot of those looks, including that one. It was like, well, it's a good look, but what does this have to do with the category? Yeah, I mean, it was trampy trick-or-treater. So I read that as, you know how in Mean Girls, they're like, Halloween is the one night of the year that you can dress as a total slut and nobody can call you out for it. I felt like it was that. So I was looking at those looks like, okay, who's going to dress the sluttiest Right. Uh, for for a Halloween party, not necessarily like going out and like trick or treating with the people and ringing doorbells, you know, like I, I think it just meant like, who's the slutty Halloween party guest? Yeah, and that's fine, too. But even that, I don't know if I was getting that from a lot of the looks either. Like, I just oh. wasn't. Some of you them, know? some of them, some of them I was, some of them I wasn't. But in terms of Ariel versus uh, this in this clip, I think. What the editors love, and we've seen this before on Drag Race, is like the writing is on the wall when you don't take advice, right? Like Mm -hmm. the advice is there, like, hey, this isn't scary, this isn't scary. And she's like, no, I'm going to do me, right? She's like, no, I feel like this is more me. I'm going to make it cutesy. It's more me. And we've seen, I mean, back to season two, right, with Tatiana having an argument with all the other girls and Raven being like, listen, I'm going to change if the, if the judges tell me to change. Uh, yeah. And Tatiana being like, no, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. Finally, you know, Tatiana goes home. But uh, it's interesting because we, we haven't, I don't think Ariel's gotten that feedback from the judges yet. Yeah, that, that she's um, like kind of unoriginal. Or that she's repeating herself, you mean? That she's repeating herself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, um... Yeah, I'm trying to think if what kind of feedback she's gotten. I don't think she's gotten that yet. I think, um, but I think to your point, like not taking advice. Yeah, in general, that's kind of like club kid shoes on Dragula. Like once, right. once that's seen, like you're doomed. And I feel like All Stars is obviously a different game, but I feel like the only time I've ever seen an exception to that is like Katya's commercial on All Stars 2 when uh, the Shark Tank guy was like, throw this idea away. It's no good. And she's like, oh, oh, I'm going to yeah. stick with it. And right, it's right. And it was so surprising because I remember watching that and like, fully expecting that, like, oh, she's sticking with it. Uh-oh, like, this isn't going to go well. And maybe it's just because it's all-stars. Hey, it's all-stars. Um, <laughs> they, they break that rule. But otherwise, yeah, I think if a queen does not take the judge's advice, like Max not changing her hair mm. or doesn't take, you know, her wiser – Unless it, unless the storyline is that she's like this underdog who knows better, um, but Ariel is clearly not that. If she doesn't take her wiser co- fellow contestants' advice, that like there's proof that they're right. Um, right. Yeah, that right. probably means she's going home. Yeah, and we've been. I don't know. This isn't the first time we've heard this. I mean, we heard multiple times this episode and last episode that Ariel has the same looks kind of coming down, and it's interesting because. I don't know. You can compare that to, okay, another winner, Bianca Del Rio, who brought the same silhouette every single week to the runway. And, you know, people I think, or at least I've seen on social media and some of the people I've been talking with, it's like they bring up Bianca Del Rio and the argument is, yeah, but we didn't care when Bianca Del Rio did it because she was bringing so much so many other things to the competition in the workroom, in the talking heads, in the challenges, whereas Ariel wasn't necessarily bringing what the other girls on this particular season are bringing. And so I'll bring up a, a current queen that has, and this episode is not excluded, uh, Plastique has had the same silhouette for five episodes now. Um, yeah. 
but we don't really care, right? Because she's doing other things in the challenges and she's shining her light and she looks fucking gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I think that she's she's doing she's doing that silhouette really well. And I mean, I certainly want to see more from Plastique. I yes. feel like, you yes. know, I feel like there's little hints of it there. There's these Jocelyn Fox moments where it's like, oh, look at you. You got more going on. Right. Um, but I think, like, to your point, like, with Bianca, I think, you know, I think of Jinx or Bob the Drag Queen, two winners whose looks I don't really think were always really the strongest. And sure. often we're like, I mean, Jinx is like final, her crowning look. I was like, really? That's what you're going to win in? Um, yeah. But, like, and Bob, same. Like, certain looks I was just like, really? Um but they were bringing so much else to the to the game and to the show and to yeah. and uh, both the reality TV. show and the competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. They they make more interesting TV than uh, a queen who is attached to her brand. And that brings me to an interview that I read with Ariel Versace's, uh that I thought was great. You know, she's she's very sober about the whole thing and really mm -hmm. kind of lovely. Uh, there was a whole lip sync that she, oh my God, she did this lip sync somewhere uh, where she's performing and then she slips and falls, but it's a part of the the, the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And then she falls and then starts lip syncing to that song. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, it was so good. And I'm like, oh, good for you, Ariel. Like you're fucking working this whole moment. Yeah. The, the fall her Don't down let it humiliate you, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Um, and so she but anyway, in this interview, she talks about how she's like, yeah, uh, I had the same hair and similar makeup because that's my brand. That's just what I do. That's what people know me for. And I didn't want to go on the show and be something that I wasn't, which I totally get. Right. Like we saw what happened to Derek Barry late into the season. Um, and uh, granted, Derek Barry was like. We had to get him the snatch game because of Britney. Um, right. And he almost didn't do Britney, right? And RuPaul was like, wait a minute. Wait uh, a minute. This is why you're on the show, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so I understand Ariel's approach of like, no, this is my brand. But that's the thing. It's like your brand is going to be there when you're off the show. Your Instagram followers are going to be there when you're off the show. So I don't know. I think there's just a cognitive dissonance of how you play it. And what you do yeah. uh, when you're on the show. And she, you know, she didn't, she just didn't get past. Now, do I think she should have gotten past this episode? We'll get into it, Mary. Because uh, there's some, I have some more thoughts on some other queens uh, as we yeah. recap this episode. But with that, uh, do you want to move on and let our Marys know what they're listening to? Uh, yeah. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary, uh, which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little beady beady TV show. I'm Johnny, and I know that girl. I'm Colin, and I'm getting married. <laughs> and we are, of course, continuing our recap of season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race with this week's Monster Ball, uh, a bit of Dragula on Drag Race. Um mm. Kind and of, not really. Kind, well, at all. you know, Dragulish, you know. Um, and much like season 10, uh, they're doing a ball earlier in the season, so we're just getting like a cornucopia of looks, which mm. I think is um, is fun. You know, it's I love long runways. Uh, but, you know, I, I will get into how um, ooky spooky they all were. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do like seeing three looks 
at once because it gives me a chance to see like really what they're bringing, like what they're packing in terms of looks, because then I know for the next couple of challenges, like it's going to be more performance based. Right. So it's yeah. like, OK, let's get this out of the way. We have another sewing challenge, which I thought is great to have early on, like get that out of the way. I think the next one will be probably the makeover episode uh, and we'll see how that goes. Um, you mean the next like looks based challenge? Uh, looks based or where they have to make something. Yeah. Yeah. Because next week it looks like, honestly, I can't remember the full thing, but it was like, this looks a little bit like the cheerleading challenge from yeah. season 10. Yeah. Watch but your you knees, know, girls. You know? <laughs> they must have learned their lesson. I doubt there's going to be any tumbling. I think it's going to be a lot of like the the event is fanography. Right. And so the girls have to do like fanography. And then another event is, you know, like uh, death drops. No, I'm kidding. Probably not. Death right. Drops. Or some but, sort you know, of pose like off. Yeah. 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 Which I think, you know, has the potential to be kind of cool and kind of fun. Um, and I, yeah, I have no idea who's going to go home next, uh, which I'll talk about later uh, after we get to the end. But uh, so we have this act one um, in the workroom. I guess the the big thing that happened here. Um, besides, you know, they talk about the kiss between Brangy, uh, which I think we could talk about later, um, is Evie versus Raja. Um, Evie kind of stepping on Raja's line, um, which I think Raja hates. And I think yeah. Evie, Evie does that a lot, right? She, she, they've called her out. The other girls have called her out for kind of stepping on, uh, you know, in the middle of somebody talking there, she just interrupts them. Yeah, I mean, because I think, you know, it's funny because, like, she she certainly does do that. And I think when they showed in Untucked last week the kind of unseen footage or whenever they showed the unseen footage of Scarlett trying to, like, explain herself and being like, girl, I'm going to finish my sentence and we're not going to have a fight because you're going to realize there's nothing to fight about. Um, like, I'm, I'm with Scarlett on that one. And then yeah. in this case, when... I mean, yeah, when Raja starts with that, like, if I have to lip sync every week, you know, like, I'm just going to bring it. I I appreciate it even being like, you know what? Like, Ross does this later with Ariel. It's like, you know what? I have heard that line so many effing times. Mm. Uh, when are you going to apply that, that you know, piss and vinegar to the challenge? Like, I kind of appreciated it because Raja was admittedly spinning a whole lot of bullshit in this, in this uh, opening segment yeah, i mean yeah yeah she's she's taken up some airtime. i think she's feeling a little insecure but she also did really fucking well in the lip sync so it's like hey that's what i do i'm gonna keep doing that if i have to so i kind of got her point but like to evie's point it's like girl what's going on here like you just do well yeah. in the challenges and i i will say this raja's like don't try me right now and then evie's like you better take that tone back down it's like evie that is like the worst thing to say to somebody who's upset. <laughs> right. Like I kind of think like there when if Roger's like, you know what, like don't don't poke the bear with me right now. I mean, by by Evie saying, well, then don't take that, you know, don't take that tone with me. It's like you are do, you are asking for the opposite of what you're saying. Um <laughs> And like, listen, you're on TV. I get it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> let's not play the honesty card and then like act a fool, girl. You know. <laughs> I did love Evie. Kind of, you know. I think there's kind of this like little gospel of Evie coming out of the show, where she's like, one of the things I hate the most on this show is when people say they lip sync every week, and she's like, do you think Rue will put the crown on your head if you aren't performing well in the challenges? Which is like absolutely true. We have not seen that ever. Where a, yeah. a, a lip sync assassin has won. 
Because I, I think it's like to, to say that I'll, well, I'll lip sync every week if I have to is to imply that you're going to fail in every challenge. Right, like, right, right. That's not the message you want to go out with. And I right. think, um, you know, everybody, when, when you, everybody's going to lip sync if they have to. Right. Like everybody is. It's everyone's going to do that. <laughs> that's the name of the fucking game. Uh, yeah. Adore Delano. Yeah. <laughs> but I I think that, um, you know, obviously, like, let no let no more time in this episode go by before they before I say the name Nina West. I mean, you you kind of compare to her where she says the beginning of Untucked, like, you know, I won, but I feel like I've been fading since. Like, I got to step it up. It's like you have to step it up in the challenge, not you know when you're already circling the bowl. You know, right, right, right. Um, we did get a great talking head from Raja again. I I think she's great with these talking heads, uh, and who knows, maybe that's because. Uh, she can't think of it, you know, immediately in the workroom. And so she gets to say it later, which I think is great. She says, how dare you? You, first and foremost, are not sickening at all. You're literally wearing trash. I'm not gagging. I mean, I'm gagging from like the smell. It's like, bitch, do you bathe? Uh, I was like, okay, this is a read. This is fabulous TV. These are gay people fighting. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's very it's it's the kind of it's the kind of talking heads we would have gotten in earlier seasons of Drag Race. I'll yes. definitely say that. Like, it feels slightly analogous. Like, it feels like this is yeah. This is the kind of like reads that we saw earlier in the series, and now I feel like in the era of like social media and whatnot, we don't really see queens getting this petty mm-hmm. and so it's like <laughs> as much as i i love rupaul's best friend race like truth be told it's like all right well this is entertaining you know yeah 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 i'm from fucking dallas the big d it's like <laughs> oh i just kept uh, picturing like viewing parties in denver yes! and viewing parties in same, dallas same, same, and same. the contrasting reactions that happens at that same. moment i pictured the exact same thing yeah just like yeah. denver being like ooh, and dallas being like yeah yeah, so for our like Denver slash Dallas Marys, like if especially if you did go to a viewing party, I'd love to hear like what the reaction in the room was. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the other moment I think is worth noting uh, that was also shady. Um, Scarlet, you know, she's she's talking about how Rue made it a point to let her know she did a good job and she's going to bask in that glory and that sunshine. And Ariel says, girl delusions. <laughs> Every time Scarlet speaks, it's a giant eye roll. And it, it was a great little read, a great little talking head. Uh, and I think everybody was there. Like everybody was like, girl, what are you talking about? You didn't do anything. So Ariel was like, right. She was right. I, you know, honestly, I mean, I've really turned a corner on Scarlet Envy. And so I like I take back all the really nasty ass things I said about her because <laughs> I. Oh, well, I she should have been in the top this episode, but I'll get to that. So. Same. I agree. But like I get what she was saying. Like when you're on RuPaul's Drag Race and there's 11 queens on stage and RuPaul calls you out and says, hey, good job on that. That is a big deal. Some queens bust their ass on their look or in the challenge. They they work their ass off, and all they're told is you and these four other girls are safe. So right. I kind of get it. Like she's like, listen, I got some kind. Like RuPaul recognized me this week. I I I got it. I didn't think it was delusional. I understood what she was celebrating. Yeah, I I don't know for RuPaul to be like Scarlet, good job. Also was like, that's a little delusional. It's like, okay, well, she picked who would play who. That's all she did. You know, it was really good casting. I mean, I I thought it was great casting. Okay. I think yeah. I, gave I mean, her I, agree. I agree. So I don't know. There were a couple of them that were like so perfect. So 
Um, it, you know, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I think especially after this week, I like Scarlet so much more than I thought I would. Totally, totally. I, I don't think that, I think in the next couple episodes, maybe Snatch Game, uh, that'll be when, when we find her. We'll see. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, she should have been in the top. Uh, I have mm. thoughts. I have thoughts. Um, oh, yeah. So the next day in the workroom, we get the Silky and Nina kiss. Uh, so I have dubbed this Silky West, Nina Ganache, or Snilky. <laughs> I called it Ga West. Like, Go West. <laughs> Go West. Um, I also just, you know, I'm not trying to take credit for nothing, and it's not even that hard of a portmanteau, but I do remember calling them Vanjie before I ever saw it on Drag Race. Yes, okay, Mary, yes, I, yes. I felt very hurt. You did it, hey, felt- hey, Colin, you did a good job. Thank you. I just want to revel in the sunshine of Girl delusions. <laughs> Everybody's like, everything he says is such an eye roll. Yeah, I just... <laughs> But I was like, when they said that, I was like, well, there it is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I was yep. right. <laughs> I was right. I was right. <laughs> Valerie Cherish was right again. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I certainly loved seeing uh, yeah Nina and Silky. Uh, oh, it was yeah. great. It was such a comedic moment. And, you know, it was comedic and it was also like a little sexy, right? Like the lips. And it was just like, okay, all right. Oh, yeah. No, this was, uh, I I was definitely seeing some, you know, I was seeing some Pornhub realness. I was like, I've seen this video. I know where this goes. (laughs) I Um, mean, obviously the the first thing was comedy because they were just mocking the fuck out of Brangie, which I thought was fair and and funny. And it was all very lighthearted. Again, I love seeing the girls having a good time in the workroom. So. Well, and I also just think, like, just to be all right, Mary, about it, like, I kind of feel like Brangie is so, it's almost like, of course, that's the, of course, that's the showman's. It's like, of course, those two, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much about them that's like, of course, those are the two that everyone wants to see, like, getting cuddly that, like, it's kind of funny to imagine, like, here's Silky, this, you know, big, beautiful queen, and here's Nina West, who's like, you'd want to just say, oh, she's just like the camp dad. And, yeah. like, wouldn't it be funny if that was the showman? So, you know what right, I mean? Right, 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 right. Like, who's gagging? You know, who's who's thirst trapping? Uh, yeah, for yeah. that. That would be, yeah. No, it, it certainly uh, shines a light on certain yeah. things. Yeah. It was like, yeah, this could happen too. That I'm into that. And I, I don't know. I I guess I'll I will i will bring it up now because we're we're talking about it. But I there's something about Brangy that I still find to be a little disingenuous and and it it came up again in the workroom when Brooke goes up to Vanji and is like, "How you doing, boo?" And like I kind of cringed at that. I was like, oh, God, you're working. Stop it. Um, and and yeah. both of them had talking heads that they're like, don't get it twisted. We're not going to let this distract us. You know, we're we're not here for this, blah, 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 blah. This is still new. We're just getting to know each other. And I'm kind of like, I wonder how much the producers are like, hey, can you just, can you, like, whenever you pass each other, can you just kiss? Like, I know, we know you guys like each other. That's fine. Do everything at your own pace. But can you just, like, have some scenes together? Like, there's... Because I'm not denying that it might be true and that it might be real. Obviously, like, queens can fall in love wherever they want to fall in love. Uh, we found love in a workroom place. Um, yeah. But uh, I... I still felt like it's a little mugging to the camera. And when Brooke went behind Vanjie and was like, how you doing, boo? And like Vanjie was just not having it. Vanjie like didn't even look up, kept sewing. It was like, oh, okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that, like, I'm, you know, and I'm not buying Gia, and, like, particularly (laughs) Brooke. Like, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, Brooke is giving me, like, they they said it in New York, but they filmed it in Toronto. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) like, don't fool me. Don't fool me. Um, Don't hit people, you know? And so, and, Um, like, I just, I'm not buying it and i and i agree it feels really disingenuous even if it is real right um and i feel like the edits in of all of the smooches i'm just like okay enough like enough the first or the second time was kind of an ooh and an ah and now i'm kind of like you know listen i if this is not this is not a junior high you know prom like i'm not wooed by a couple of smooches you know yeah 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 this is not rupaul's best Significant other race. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is not RuPaul's best seven minutes in heaven. Like, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. to it, you know. Yeah, They're, these are little pecks on the cheek, little pecks on the icebox kisses. We used to call them. Um, yeah, I, I, this. What I hope from this storyline is that we get towards the end. And they're creating this big moment where, like, Brooke has to send Vanjie home in a lip sync. Oh, my God. That's what I'm hoping happens. That would be some, like, Drag Race Thailand-level shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, let's have the telenovela right on Drag Race. Why save it for the challenge, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just think that would be... I could totally see that happening, and I and I really believe it would be Brooke sending Vanjie home. Yeah, I agree. I think Brooke is going to be top three. Like, she's already oh, won two yeah. challenges uh vanjie hasn't um vanjie is you know this is her second season you know which i mean at this point like i mean she she must be exhausted of all the drag race she's done between this (laughs) and season 10 um yeah i mean i i at this point i'll also say i i love vanjie i think that she's a great tv personality but five episodes in i think i think i got the idea you know I I still want her on my TV. I I love her as a narrator. I think she's a really reliable narrator um, and sees things very clearly and says things very clearly and has just great quips. Like there's great phrases that come out of her. And so I'm fine with her going, uh, you know, up until the very end and then going home, you know, and just kind of bringing us along for the ride. Kind of like, um, I don't know, another musical theater reference, but uh, Into the Woods, we have the narrator that's there until the second act when they finally kill the narrator and feed him to the giant. Spoiler alert. So, Sure. Uh, that could uh, be her. You know, I, it's like, okay, it we're done with narrative. you. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I guess um, I, just, I just, I'm just feeling like with Vanjie, like my only issue is I just feel like at certain points, it just feels like they're just playing like a talk boy of Vanjie quotes. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't ever, it doesn't always really it's kind of like okay so I get it you just kind of say things really quickly and it's all like the kind of same cadence and you kind of make up words and and I'm not doing that because I'm Vanjie because that's how it goes you know and it's like okay hey like kids we're home early sorry you yeah. said talk boy you said talk boy so I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's I just I feel like Vanjie's just like sometimes she's just like a series of used car car salesman commercials you know it's just come I on down it. to Vanjie's lot because she's ooky spooky fantastic you know, like, I love it. I do find her as a reliable narrator. So in that sense, like I appreciate her. She's the only one that I think is coming out as a narrator right now. Um, and I'm here for it. So, oh, that's a good question of like, well, you know, I'm I'm keen. I mean, like, obviously, I'd like to just see Nina West be the narrator because um, of the way that she said about Elvira. And she's got her globes out for everyone to see. And it was just <laughs> yeah, like, right. sit on my face, you know, like, it's just <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, she's great. She's absolutely great. You know what uh, I mean? But, like her but, I, but I don't think that they're casting Nina 
as that right now. Uh, she's no. more of the the adult in the room rather than the narrator. So, yeah, and like I don't know, can you be the narrator and the front runner? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't think Nina's getting that edit either. But um, the front runner edit, even though we want her to be. Um, let's. Talk I didn't about hear this. anything you just said. Okay, <laughs> delusions. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this mini challenge. Uh, I don't know. Every every Mary knows we we loved playing with dolls. It was our thing. So this is a great mini challenge. And we get, you know, friend of the pod, um, Mary herself, Trixie Mattel uh, to, you know, make another appearance yet again. Another cast member from a past season um, is is in the mini challenge or is in the episode, which I appreciate. Yeah, and this kind of this felt like Trixie was in it, like in terms of having a guest who's only there for a little while and like isn't going to be a, a judge on the show. Like I think this worked pretty well. It didn't feel like Lisa Kudrow. It felt like Trixie was like a real part of the mini challenge. It made sense because of the whole you know Barbie thing. And oh, like yeah. you know she she definitely like played up the camera. Like it just it felt like this is a great way to include more queens is like give them not just like they show up, but let them kind of like have the segment a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She had jokes. She joked around with Scarlet, which I loved and with, uh, with Evie, which I loved and even Akira. It was, it was all really good. Uh, and then even how she read what the Queens wrote, you know, she mm-hmm. was, she was just a great judge to have for this. Um, what were yeah, your, so- what were you go ahead? Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, just it felt like we got enough. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like, oh, that was a drive-by. Yeah, Right, right, right. A drive-by Trixie. Um, Yeah. uh, What were your favorite dolls? Um, You know, I I wasn't, like, super, like, wowed maybe by any of them in particular. But I think, like, I appreciated that, like, Raja drove the bus. Um, Yeah. I I like that Akira had one arm. Yeah. and the more I thought about it, I appreciated the someone's aunt quality of sugar, you know? Oh, I love that Trixie, she, she said vaguely familiar. Um, just her Midwest <laughs> oh. accent. I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I clocked it. Also, we got back rolls, spring rolls, uh, an, you know, another reference, drag race reference for the fans, you know, wink, wink. Um, yeah. I, stupid Scarlet. A state of judgment. She just loves to hate. Uh, I thought that was a great little line. Um, and then Miss Vanjie's last pose with that like dead smile uh, mm-hmm. was also comedic. It was a fun challenge, uh, lighthearted, um, you know, about dolls. I, th- I thought they all did really well. I thought all of the things that they wrote were funny. Um, Silky had chips in her dress. I'm like, okay, this is my kind of challenge. <laughs> Yeah, Silky's was funny. I liked that she had some props. I thought it was interesting. Obviously, everything's intentional. I think it's interesting how the, like, of all the segments, I think Vanjie's was the only one they kind of showed the reality TV version of versus the co- competition version yeah, of. You right, know what I mean? right, 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 yeah. <laughs> they like that of her. They just like yeah. kind of seeing her just be herself rather than the queen in the challenge, which I think is right. I think that's fair. That's why she's on yeah, the, the show. That's really yeah, the why segment she's on the is show. to see. Yeah. It's just to see what Vanjie's going to do in this moment. Not like what she actually does. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so Raja wins, which, you know, again, I think they could have made any of them win, but uh, Raja's was great. She had a great name. Her ass was enormous. Uh, she drives a bus. Uh, it was all good. 
Um, yeah, and that's again, like I think that's Ru- RuPaul loves, you know, a big cup of drink. She loves like that's right <laughs> up RuPaul's alley. She loves totally. those jokes. Uh, so we find out the monster ball. Um, you know, I know we're going to talk about some things that happen in the workroom, but just when 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 I found out what the challenge was for the monster ball, I was like, wow, okay, they have the chance to really play in this challenge. Like RuPaul is saying, okay, monster, okay, go for it, right? Like giving you the, the carte blanche to be like, nope, you don't have to do pretty. Don't be pretty. Don't be pretty. You don't, I mean, maybe for one of them you had to be. Um, but you, you know, you can kind of jump out of the Glamazon brand and do something else. And it frustrated me so much when RuPaul did the walkthrough and Evie was doing some talking heads about it. And she's like, yeah, you know, I think that they're going to expect me to be really gross. So I'm going to do fashion. I'm like, no, no, we want you to be as weird as possible. Freaky as possible in this challenge. Um, And so I was in general, just like really underwhelmed and really kind of disappointed that so many of them didn't break out of the, kind of glamazon mold do you know what i mean yeah and it seemed like in the in the walkthroughs it didn't seem like rupaul was really giving them where we didn't really see much kind of feedback on how to guide them there like i think right. um you know it was just kind of like well you got to push yourself well you know you got to like we still want to have to fuck you though you know and it was like <laughs> oh is this helpful you know um before we get into the walkthroughs i mean i i could have given you time to prepare but i had written down like I thought, oh, I might know what I would do for each of these runways, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So especially Trampy Trick or Treater, that one I was like, oh, I know exactly what I would do. <laughs> um, so I wrote down uh, for Trampy Trick or Treater, I would do kind of like risky business where like with like the men's shirt and like a pair of panties and like some pink pumps and like I would just like style that and get that really sexy and make sure that some there's some good boobs. And then I would have like a either like a trick or treating pumpkin or like a pillowcase that I would collect candy in. And I'd reach into the bag at the end of the, into the pillowcase at the end of the runway and I'd pull out like a big gummy worm that looks like a big dick and I'd just bite it. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, All right, stop you... scratching cardboard. Oh my god. Marco, stop. You've been. I can't. I can't hear it. So, oh, um, he. It's probably you, picking up. Um, you've been thinking. You've been thinking about that one. Um, I'm thinking. No, the top I. Of my... I thought of that as I wrote it down. So that's oh, as premeditated okay. as that is. Um, I did not think about that look for me. Um, but I will say, if I'm thinking, I probably would. Uh, kind of tap into RuPaul's love of Wizard of Oz. I would do a slutty Dorothy look. Um, mm-hmm. Or even like a slutty lion look, something like oh. that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of go there because uh, I know you know you gotta work with what you know they like. So I think a slutty Dorothy look wouldn't be you know the worst the worst thing. Um, obviously, you have like Drag Race Thailand level gags uh, up your sleeve. Well, you know so. you gotta bring a goop. I mean, you could do like a you could do a slutty Tin Man. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, really like, yeah, slutty Tin Man, and you know, somebody lubes me up. Uh, bring uh-huh. out the lube too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to think about, think a little harder on that one. Um, but yeah, certainly yeah. like a slutty uh, Wizard of Oz inspired look. Um, yeah. Well, for, I mean, uh, I was gonna say, I guess Derek Barry did do a slutty Tin Man with those penises on her shoulder. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, that look was awful. Um, yeah. We also got a Dusty Ray Bottoms did a Tin Man kind of inspired look. 
Um, oh yeah, Shelley Long is the Tin Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shelley Long in a live action live TV movie of The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, from 1989. Um, what was what would be your witch look? So this, I was thinking, I would either do. I mean, this I would have to really sell it. I wouldn't want to like pull a sugar, but I'd want to do an homage to the witch costume I wore when I was three. Oh. Um, but if I if I thought uh, the other thing I thought I might do is some kind of homage to Carol Kane and a princess in the Princess Bride. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I I really wanted these queens to go like fucking spooky and scary and like grotesque. And so, like in terms of witches, like I'm thinking the Vavitch, that type of witch. Or I would have loved to have done um, the witches and came out as Angelica Houston and then pulled off my face. <gasps> And that's, been like this disgusting it. witch. Yeah. That's it. And and the hair comes off and the yes. see if you did like a with a Nina face, that's right. the look. I take it back. Yes. I take it back. I'm stealing your I saw your look from across the runway and I'm gonna <laughs> repurpose my look from across the workroom and I'm stealing it, bitch. Yeah, uh, I wanna that be one I an wanted homage. To see. Yes. An homage to the witches. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have like won. Um Oh also, my god, that would have been so cool. Like yeah. if someone did an homage to Angelica Houston and the witches. Right. Um, I also would have appreciated a Feruza Balk moment. I think one of our Marys <gasps> sent us a lip sync that a queen did uh, that was like a mashup of the craft and like witchy stuff. And she was Feruza Balk. And, you know, it totally works. And she's a great witch and she's slutty. So I feel like RuPaul also likes that slutty witch. So uh, I think that also could have been a second choice if I couldn't pull off the Angelica Houston one. And it would be really cool if you did the Feruza Balk and then you did the hair reveal into the, like the blonde Robin. Oh my god! Oh my god! Right? Right? Uh-huh. Totally, Mary. Totally. <laughs> That'd be such a fucking gag. Um, <laughs> and so now for the monster, I'd like to freak because it's VH1. Um, I wasn't quite sure, but I thought it'd be really cool to do some kind of like gender fuck where there's elements of masculine and feminine and the idea that like there's part of me that everyone wants to fuck, you know? Oh, I see. I I mean, I kind of get it. I don't know. Like it would be, I think I would do that. I would be like sexy in masculine and feminine ways, you know? Oh, okay. All right. Um, how would you make it a monster? Oh, it would be like some kind of, I like it would definitely be some kind of monster. I'm seeing some kind of like caveman uh kind of situation i feel like i'm some sort of prehistoric non-binary hot sexy cave being uh so like a barney rubble meets betty rubble (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like i'm uh yeah i'm uh yeah i don't know what i would be granite rubble yeah granite um i think for mine you know, I keep thinking of Dragula, and I don't know how you can't with this challenge, but there's that one look. Was it Elizabeth Black, Victoria Elizabeth Black, where her 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 no-no place, her vagina, her yes-yes yes. place, um, where it was just kind of like, like, it was like she masturbated too much, and it was like a gash. Uh, it was either her, that may have been Disasterina's Cenobite look. Oh, it was Disasterina. That's the look, Mary. That's the look. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's, I mean, there's a statement or, there. Or Bitch Pudding's, hey, Fred. I mean, she had, like, a sex appeal to her, too. So Yeah. 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 I mean, I like the idea of, like, having, like, I, what I liked about her alien, her hey, Fred, is it was like, well, it's like an alien, but it's like an alien played by Diane Ladd, you know? <laughs> Right. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I I was really underwhelmed by a lot of these looks. Not all of them, but a lot of them. But before we go to the runway, there's some... There's some business that we should talk about in the workroom. Um, oh, yes. I have a few notes here and there about the workroom. Yeah. Um, I We need to talk about, well, Silky's like, what did the, what did the devil wear, honey? And Akira's like, Prada, uh, which oh, I thought was yeah. great. And speaking of Akira, like, Akira over there looking like the gay dwarf in The Hobbit, you know? Mm. Uh, I called her yeah. Rip, Rip Van Akira or Akira yeah, Van she- Winkle. <laughs> Yeah, she looked like Candy Ho in the beard challenge. It's like, Candy, go home. You were eliminated. Go. Well, she brought a sweet tooth. Um, I, yeah. uh, Akiria, I think people are sleeping on Akiria. Like, there's a reason why Akiria is just this, like, I don't know. I feel like she's a, a constant energy underneath. She's very professional. She has great talking heads. And she's laying low for a little while before she kind of emerges. And so I feel like... Something's going on with Akira. We're going to be slayed sooner or later. Yeah, I um she has a great moment in Untucked with uh with Ariel, that whole like mirror oh, yeah. moment. Yeah. That I was like uh, and it like jumped out to me. I was like, "Oh, Akira. Okay, we all right. We're going to get more from you soon. They're totally. going to just thin the pack a little bit." I mean, I, I she wasn't she didn't like she hasn't li- like exploded in the challenges for me the past right. couple of weeks, right. but the talking heads have been good. I like her energy. I yeah. Um, next week I'm like keeping an eye on Akiria. You know, Akiria. Yeah, living in Akiria. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Mary. Sorry. Thanks um, for that. We get uh, Silky doing her reality TV thing, trying to make Dream Girls happen, and it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> nope. This is not the top three, sweetheart. <laughs> right. Banji and Akira are like, what? What am like, I? What? What's that? <laughs> I have like half a suitcase filled. I mean, like I've already started. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Silky. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's interesting that we got a talking head from Evie talking about Silky. Uh, and Silky, I think, also has a talking head back about it. But because um, we were talking about this last week. And I've been talking about this with Marys that have kind of been messaging me on Instagram about it. But the judges have been lenient, according to Evie, um, on Silky style issues because of her personality, which isn't a bad thing. But she can't ride it to the end, especially in challenges where she's not comfortable. And so I feel like this is a long con talking head about Silky. Um, I, I could see them bringing Silky to the end. I could see them doing that because she's great TV. They obviously love her. Um, and you know, if it's performance challenges, I think she's going to just kind of shine her personality through. Uh, so we'll see what happens with any other design challenge moving forward. I, I think Silky should have been on the bottom this week. So in terms of like making looks and we've seen her struggle before, we're seeing her struggle here. And if we see her struggle again, I'm like, you better put her in the bottom. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of feeling like, I mean, we've seen, I think we see in the preview for next week, and we certainly see it this week, of her saying, you know, obviously, if, if I have to lip sync for my life, then I'll do it. Like, I'm ready. And I don't know, like, that feels like an extension of what Raja was saying in the beginning. It's like, if if you're even contemplating being in the bottom, if you're really preparing to be the worst, that like, that that seems to me kind of like a, not a good omen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm. Is, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, if you're walking into a design challenge and you know you're not a sewer 
It's like, okay, I'm going to be prepared for the worst here, but try, you know, and I don't think that Silky's not trying, but there she she had that talking head. She's like, well, I'm not a spooky bitch. So if you want to see me in the ball, honey, let's go for realness. And but she, I think like as Ross Matthews stre- says, like stretch a little, honey, like you're not here to do what you only do. You're right. here to like I mean, and RuPaul says that later, like this show is not about what you do at home and how well that works. It's like how you right. apply it to this. And I right. think that, too, like hearing her say like, well, that's just not what I do. I I don't know. I don't think that's good enough. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think you can she, say it's like, that. It's an it's an Ariel Versace situation here, right? Um, yeah. Where they're like, yeah, I, I'm gonna keep it my style. It's like, okay, do that and be prepared to lip sync. So yeah, I don't know. It's just I I think like RuPaul's Drag Race to me is like it's obviously it is a pageant, and part of that is there's a bit of pageantry in how you respond to the challenges they give you right. and um. Yeah, like, I just think that, like, if they hand you something that you've never done before, I think the response they're looking for is kind of like, you know, like Genie in Drag Race Thailand of, like, you know, with the bearded guy in the makeover challenge. It's like, eh, all right, let's see what happens. Let's try to make this work. Like, right. that's what they want to see. They don't want to hear you say, oh, this isn't really something I do. So, like, this is what you get. Like, you're on Drag Race, bitch. <laughs> You yeah. gotta staple that shit to your ear, girl. <laughs> yeah, staple that shit to your ear, girl. Like, do it. Do the fucking damn thing. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah. So it, it's just interesting to see this kind of setup because Evie seems to be kind of like this. I don't know. Uh, like Father Death with the scythe, like standing mm-hmm. next to the queen and reading her about something, and then later we see them struggle. So we'll see. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it seems like Evie is in a way in many ways she's also a narrator right uh but i think she has she has a lot a lot of drama that's going on in the workroom that i don't think you know that might uh it, it might influence her her narration so yeah yeah i think she's going to be a more volatile energy and i think the narrator is typically more of a hang back and you know taking the sights kind of energy right right um, so mm, the walkthroughs, uh, there was right off the bat, Rue comes in and asks Nina West a really great question. Like, do you have any favorite monsters? Uh, mm-hmm. I, mine is like, number one, I already know what mine is. Uh, do you have a favorite monster? A favorite monster? I mean, in a way, like, I have always loved Angelica Houston and the Witches. I think sure. that's just like... I think it's such like an incredible. I mean, from an, like a performance point of view, I think it's such an incredible performance that like I don't know if people are talking about it enough. Um, yeah, and then just like you know what I mean, like it's just so good. It is, and and just like then I mean the reveal from just this like b- mysteriously beautiful woman to just this disgusting being and like the drag element of her and mm. the like. I don't and like it's it's kind of like a childhood. You know, I watched that movie as a kid, so I would have to say. Um, Hot take response would be Angelica Houston and the Witches, the Grand High Witch. Yeah, I, uh, mine's different. Uh, mine's not necessarily even a monster. Uh, it's a shark. Uh, it's the shark in Jaws. I, that is my favorite and most horrifying monster to me. Right? Like I like sharks are terrible. Uh, I am mm. so afraid of them, and I revere them, and like am fascinated by them at, at once, which I think is a good thing for a monster right one that you can't look away from uh and you kind of respect in a way because it's so scary so that's yeah i mean 
and speaking of sharks, just for Marys who are shark enthusiasts, I also highly recommend the like four and a half minute trailer for Jaws Two. It is a masterpiece. <laughs> the it whole is so beach. Good. The whole beach. The whole beach. <laughs> Lorraine Gary. Oh, Lorraine Gary's face journey in the Jaws Two trailer. Oh, it's fabulous. <laughs> Marys, go watch it and then come back and tell me how your life changed. <laughs> Oh, Lorraine Gary. Oh, what a treat. What a gem. What a treat. What a um, treat. Oh. Speaking of gems, uh, this this little murder she wrote talk between Nina and uh, RuPaul, this I'm like this should be a podcast. Like they should have I a podcast say, about murder she wrote. Yes. I mean, first of all, Nina needs to be on What's the Tea so we can just get I mean, there, she's already a podcaster. She's got drag casts. Right. Um isn't there – we have a Mary who's starting a Murder, She Wrote podcast or who started one. Oh, really? Yeah, I, and a Mary – I'm so sorry. I can't remember who. Um, but, you know, shout us out. Remind us. Yeah, there is a Murder, She Wrote Mary out there. Um, oh. But And I have to tell you, I think Murder, She Wrote has just been added to, like, Netflix or something. I still have never seen it. And it's, <gasps> it's great. And it's, it's great. And It's, I, it's actually right, really and, good. I'm kind of ex- I'm kind of happy about that because it's like it's like having never seen the Golden Girls. Oh. I have all this old yeah. lady magic. Yeah, and you're you going know? to you're, the, the the special guests that they have, Colin. You're going to go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I know Yvonne DiCarlo's on it, so <laughs> I wonder if Brenda Vaccaro. No, I would know she was not on it. Um, so, but I, you know, and speaking of Nina West's drag cast, uh, I listened to the most recent episode. Uh, this this weekend, um, it, she is absolutely lovely. A- or Andrew and Patricia are absolutely lovely. Uh, it's it's a great little hour discussion. I'm sorry, but they have 172 episodes. Like, it's been a thing. It's been going on, and I'm like, okay, now I have all of this Nina West content whenever I need Nina West. So yeah, I I, I highly I recommend of- it. I could have seen in passing like a while ago that she had a podcast, but I wasn't familiar with her. I didn't know. I just didn't know. And I yeah. feel the same way. I, I'm now like, oh, my God, I have all this Nina West I can like, you know, sink my teeth into. So, uh, yeah, Mary's go find Dragcast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll reference the podcast, uh, her podcast, uh, when we talk about her in Untucked because she gives some more details and goes into a little bit more, which I thought was fabulous. Um, but yeah, Nina West and RuPaul, Murder, She Wrote podcast. That's that's all I want. So. Uh, yeah. Murder, they sat down and they talked about. <laughs> uh, she, does, uh, she does a couple more or a few more uh, walkthroughs. Um, I guess notably Suga because she was in the bottom. Uh she, we just kind of get Suga's story a little bit, how she quit a six-figure corporate job to do drag, to pursue her art, uh, you know, which is great. Um, yeah, I love that. I think I love that story. I think yeah. that's, uh, you know, good. Good for her. I yeah. don't know. I, I just, I love that. That is a foundation, you know. Uh, Brooklyn, I don't know. She, Brooklyn kind of gets some help from RuPaul, where RuPaul's like, okay. Uh, so we kind of see that um, she talks to Plastique, um, which I thought was an interesting storyline. Uh, Plastique basically has to prove that she's more than just a pretty queen. Um, and so that's, I guess, something to look for. Uh, she's she's very dynamic and very personable. And it it seems like they want her storyline to be. Are you more than a pretty queen? Which, you know, yeah. I love a fishy queen. I'm just kind of like, do your thing, girl. Courtney Act did it for 
most of the season. So, well, I mean, I think that like I think that I'm sure there's some people that would say, "Oh no, Courtney actually won the musical challenge and she okay. won the interview challenge." All right. Well, um, Plastique so did really I, well in her acting challenge. So, well, what I was going to say is, I think that my my expectation to what you're saying is that. Um, I fully ex- expect Plastique to get to Snatch Game and that to really kind of show us, like, do you have it or do you not? Like, I'd love, as much as I love so many of these other queens, Miss West, I would be so thrilled to see, like, Plastique win Snatch Game, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think she will, but uh, I think that's going to well, go to another queen. Thanks but... for pissing on that parade before it got halfway down the block. Jeez. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, uh, I'm just, just calling it like I see it. Um, I think... Yeah. I think that her storyline is going to be different. Um, but I I adore Plastique. I love her. I loved her in this episode. I loved her in all of these looks. And I have thoughts on those looks compared to the other queens. So um, that's all that is. Uh, we get a walkthrough with Evie, uh, even Otter, which I thought was a cool um, start, starting place for her name. Yeah, I you know, Evie, oddly, she is... Um She's very she's she got a quick mind. She's she's very she got a good way with words. She's very well spoken. I like things like a nod to my odd and like she she has a kind of confidence in how she talks to RuPaul that I don't know, she's she's just really good on TV. I think we see Raja get in her head when she's talking and stumble a little bit. Mm. And you know, you see it from other queens, but like Evie is like smooth as country crock. Like it's really impressive. Yeah. She's good she's good TV. Um I I didn't like that she or at least that RuPaul didn't argue with her when she's like, yeah, I'm going to show some more fashion and glam. I said this before. I just I was like, girl, just go all the way with your ugly freak. Like, go all the way. Uh, no I, shade on the dinosaur look because I love the dinosaur look. But like, have a fucking spooky ass witch, you know? I wonder because I feel like with Brooklyn and with Evie that RuPaul was kind of like playing some shenanigans. I think RuPaul was kind of trying to shake Brooklyn's confidence. And I think RuPaul knows at this point that RuPaul just said, no one's doing what Evie Oddly's doing. Right. Now they've got a monster ball. I kind of feel like if she encouraged Evie to go full monster, it's like, well, this is too fucking easy. It's kind of like, all right, monster, like this, this challenge is so right up your alley that it's almost more interesting to see how you're going to approach this less, you know, by going in a different direction. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, and that's her argument, and I and I hear it, and I want to see Evie go full Evie, you know? like. Sure, I just think that, like, I feel like Evie and Brooke, I think they're kind of like, oh, geez, they're kind of just winning every challenge, so we need to kind of figure out how to steer one of them or the other one off the path for a minute, you know? Right, um, right, yeah, okay. That could be. I, I, I see that read now, that RuPaul is taking that moment to take our two front runners and like yeah you know, pull what is the phrase um pull pull the padge <laughs> pull the padge yeah yeah because like rupaul does not intend on sending evie oddly or brooklyn no. heights anywhere anytime soon no, they're not no. getting in a van anytime <laughs> so so play with them a little pull the marionette strings rue you know oh god um so what what's next on your on your list here mary um, I think that, um, oh, you know what? We we actually are arriving at our first Best Supporting Actress nomination. Mm. Um, we've already kind of hinted at this, that Akira's talking heads are really good. And I love when Brooklyn Heights decides that she's going to wrap a snake around her head. And then they <laughs> oh, cut yes. to this. Yes. And they cut to that talking head and Akira's like, 
I don't know. Just a snake wrapped around her head. She, I, I don't know. And she puts her hand on her cheek. It's just, you know, I love self-interrupted a, sentences. Oh, so totally, good. totally. She reminds me a little bit of like an older Rudy from the Cosby show. Yeah. In that she moment. Was to- you know? Yep. Yep. She just, she was just like, I, I, just, I don't know. Hand like, on the whoa. cheek. Um, <laughs> I just I, that was so funny. She has such like low key funny talking heads, and so yeah. that was the first BSA <laughs> when she was reading Scarlet, saying it's dollar bin straight to DVD. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, like it's she's. I mean, yeah, she's a queen. And even if I'm not like super excited by her in the challenges, that's someone who her talking heads. Like if she was the narrator, I'd be thrilled. Oh yeah. Oh co- oh completely. Yeah. Who knows how she's going to emerge? But she's certainly a commentator at this point, not necessarily a yes. narrator. Yeah. Yes, she's a commentator. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, we have Scarlett kind of living her fucking fantasy in that workroom, which I was all for. Like again, when I think about queer people on TV, I'll tune in to see this scene. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I I did I kind of feel like I understand Scarlett. Like I kind of get she's not she's not She's in on. She's making fun of herself. Yeah, in a way. of course. Like she's she's yeah. not being. She's not taking any of this seriously. No. And like when she said, like I like when um they were like, oh, did you glue that? She's like, oh no, I sewed the whole thing. There's at least six panels. And someone says, oh, you love panels. Instead, and panels love her. I'm talking about the judges. I was like, that's. <laughs> I I know who you're being right now, and I like it. You know, I like it. You're just like. It's all a little facetious, and I'm okay with that, you know? Right, right, right. And, you know, just kind of putting Raja in her place when Raja's like, I think that was one time, and she's like, yeah. that's more than they've loved some of us. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm not bothered by Scarlet. I'm surprisingly charmed. Yeah, um, me too. I have to say, I, I completely agree, especially this episode and what she turned on the runway, so. Um, oh, yeah. The next day in the workroom, two things happened that I thought were interesting, Um the first is the Halloween queen discussion. I think that's most uh-huh. most queer people, if they're going to try drag, it's on Halloween. And then it just sticks, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, Halloween is every day, you know, and they need it. Yeah. They need it to, like, yeah, feel that. Yeah, it's like it gives you permission to, to finally try it or a reason to try it. Yeah. Oh, it, and it, yeah, and, and thank God for Halloween, right? Like, my best friend in Chicago, Garrett, uh, his character, his drag persona, um, after, th- th- so the first time he did drag, I I dressed him up as Jessica Rabbit, and I played Roger Rabbit, um, mm-hmm. and we won many costume contests because he was uh, seven feet tall in heels because he's six eight, um, mm-hmm. and obviously I'm very short, um, so it it just like the proportions worked really really well, um, and then after that. He just loved being in drag. And so he came up with this character um, named Eau Claire, uh, which is named after the Wisconsin city Eau Claire. Um, mm-hmm. But he couldn't pronounce it, so he called it Eau Claire. And she was just very, very trashy. She didn't really wear a lot of... She didn't do any glamazon makeup. It was just all very, like, boy eyebrows. Like, it was all that. 
Um, and yeah, smeared and she, lipstick, combat boots. Yeah, exactly. And she was six eight. You know, in heels she was maybe like six eleven. Um, but she was just she, this big bitch. Uh, and every Pride, every Halloween, and then like three or four times a year she'd come out to play. And yeah, she just held court wherever she went. Um, and it was just great to see. Uh, not that he necessarily yeah. needed drag, but um, to hear these stories about how many of these queens started on, you know, these drag race queens started doing it on Halloween, I think is 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 worth noting that it's important um, and that we yeah. should all encourage our friends to do drag on Halloween. Yeah, or, you know, I love when I just see, like, when folks are like, you know what, I'm just going to start playing with makeup, you know? Like, I yeah. think, um, I, I hope I'm not outing anybody, but I know Nick Cachano of the Squirrel Friends has played with makeup, and I only say it because it looked really good. Um and it's just like, I just think that's so, like, I know our Mary, you know, Sister Mary, Philip James, he's doing drag and like, you know, just doing it for events and for fun. And it's like, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I guess it is that accessible. I guess it's as accessible as buying an easel and some paints. You're just saving sure. money on the easel, Mary, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm all for it. You know, why not? Paint with every color in the crown box. Um, yeah. I... Uh, the other moment that happened uh, on uh, the runway day is Silky calling the ball. Oh, yes. And I I, I want to mention as we get into this that, like, I, why she was, like, covering her boobs. And I was like, is that because they're going to blur them? Did they tell her you have to or we're going to have to blur your chest? Drag Race has a nipple problem. I'm just wondering if that's why. You know what I mean? Uh, didn't she have her chest out? She did, but she had her hand over her nipples. Oh, she did. Oh, my God. And I only bring that up because there have been so many, like, strangely blurred nipples. It's like, oh, that looks raised. We need to blur that. You know and then what? I just was I, I, curious. I, it, 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 it kind of it irks me and it bothers me so much that I, I can't even make sense of it because it's so random and also not random and ridiculous. So it's like I'm not going to yeah. pay attention to it anymore. Like, it's, it, it's silly. Uh, right? It is. It's, it's silly. Very it's silky. It's very strange. It's silly, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we get Ursula to the runway. Cow, toilet Tisha. And then she gets the really aggressive. Charmin to the runway. Charmin to the runway. Like she, it's like I gotta get this out. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God. I just, you know, you wonder why they chose this forty-five seconds to keep in the episode, and it. It's just about joy. It's just about having fun. Um, the fact that I, th I feel like the queens in the workroom are like, okay, Silky, I'll play with you, you know? Yeah. It, you know, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, this feels like they had some extra airtime. Um, I actually – I that is our next Best Supporting Actress nomination is Silky roaring, Charmin <laughs> on the runway. Charmin, don't try me, bitch. Like, Not Canada just, dry. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that was so funny, the Charmin. It reminded me of when Art Aria goes, music. Charmin. Charmin on the runway. Charmin. Beverly. Oh, Beverly. Beverly. It was covered in gore. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that's our next Best Supporting Actress nomination Fabulous. before we hit the runway. I'm glad yeah. Silky got nominated. Um, so, yeah, yeah. We, hit, we hit the runway. Um, we have 
RuPaul in her Mardi Gras dress. That's just kind of how I saw it. Uh, green, yeah, yellow, purple, yeah. blue. Um, Elvira. She was serving queen cake instead of king cake. Oh, yes. Queen cake. Mmm. Cut mm. me a piece. Cara uh, mm. Delevingne. I haven't seen any of her movies. I know she's in them and I recognize her as an actress, but I haven't seen any of her movies, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I don't think I have either, unless she snuck into something. Um, I, I've never seen Suicide Squad, and I right. don't really know the other stuff she's been in, but I know her name. You know her name. That's enough. <laughs> I know her name. I think, wasn't she a model first? Is Maybe that's why I know her yes. more as like a she model. Was definitely yeah. a model. Definitely. Okay. Um, Delavine. Uh, yeah, and so I think that's kind of like most most of her stuff. And then films... She hasn't. I guess she was in Anna Karenina. She was mm. in Suicide Squad, and then you know some some other randos. Uh, so we shouldn't feel too too bad. But um, yeah, yeah. She was in a Taylor Swift video. She was in Bad Blood. Uh, I guess that means something. Oh. Uh, yeah. A bunch of commercials. Well, Victoria's Secret fashion show. Okay, so she's been in stuff. Um, She's working. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, uh, Mistress of the Dark Elvira is there. Uh, Never a problem when Elvira is on my screen. So, oh, I loved it. I mean, that already brings us to our next best supporting actress nomination, which of course is when RuPaul was like, "Do you know that you're my favorite guest?" And she says, "You know, no, but if you have a few bars, I can fake it." <laughs> I was so like, I was so gooped by how clever that was and how stupid it was, and like that's Elvira, like clever yeah. and stupid, clever and stupid. Um, yeah, like that mix of clever and stupid that I just was like, oh, my God. You, I, like when you hear that, I think it's kind of like when you see Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, when you see the movie, it's kind of like seeing Paris is Burning. You're like, oh, I get who RuPaul is and all the references he's making. I get it. It's all from this. OK. Right. Right. Yeah. It's all from it's that like cross section of camp. Is Elvira. Yeah. You know? And I think for as much as, like, I, and I think we all kind of love RuPaul and all the puns and whatnot, I I love kind of seeing the the home base of it. You know? Mm. I love seeing what the inspiration of it is and, like, you know, that he still honors her. You know what I mean? Like, El- he's not just stealing Elvira's gig and pushing her out the door, you know? Right, right. It's her, it, she, Yeah, he honors her. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so, looks, 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 Mary. You get all of them. You get all of them. Oh, my God. 33 looks. 33 I, looks. Aye, aye, aye. So I think maybe we can kind of go backwards here. So I've we have queens that are in the top, bottom, and then safe. I wonder if you want to talk about uh, – maybe you want to talk about your top or if you want to talk about the tops and why maybe they shouldn't be in the top or who should be in the top. How do you want to go for this? Well, the way that I have it, I guess, is kind of like for each runway, I kind of have the tops of each runway. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how I have it is just kind of – that seemed to be the easiest way to do it because it, I think only a few of them – there's only one or two queens who show up on each um, runway in the top for me. Okay. Um, so for me, I just before anything, what I need to get out is Scarlet Envy. What I, what I appreciated the most – of uh, when I was watching this runway is which looks were all different. And Scarlet brought the sexy pirate, which, you know, fit the challenge as like a trampy kind of like, oh, she's showing up as a sexy pirate. And then she had the Fire Island witch, like meat rack madam realness. And I, I, I called her mistress of the meat rack. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. So I was just so 
I was, I love that look. I was like, what a great idea. Make an ugly witch, like do ugly. And then she did the black lagoon goon creature. And I don't care that I could see the back of her head. Like, I, I don't care that I saw that little hole. I thought this was like going for it. This was like pushing the boundary. Like it still was sexy, you know, and it was also grotesque. And I think that, yeah, like finding that line was really hard. And for me, Scarlet was the one that kind of like overall should have been in the top because she brought it every single uh, category. Um, the other one is Nina. And I I know that Nina's looks are being read for, you know, because you're just like, oh, they look cheap or they're not as, you know, whatever. And again, if we're comparing this with Dragula, it's like Nina does not belong on Dragula. Um, but she had very distinct looks that were all in her aesthetic, which was camp and fun. Like the Audrey yeah. two dress, like is, is very accessible. I know exactly what it is. The Salem witch. It was again, stepping out of the box a little bit and doing it with the flames on her dress, like still not, not putting too much like onto the runway and just being like, yeah, here's this dress. It's conceptual. Uh, and then the crushed, yeah. the crushed velvet, like gash mouth look where she took off the mask. Like, again, an, another little gag that I wasn't expecting from Nina. So I like those two the most. Um, and obviously, yeah. you know, the other queens I have, uh, you know, mix and match. So yeah, Nina was I think Nina was the only one that showed up on like in terms of was a was a highlight for all three of the runways for me. Um, and obviously. You know, I'm We're biased. Nina yeah. is a pizza queen for me. Right. But, I mean, yeah, the Audrey penis hands was just, like, so Nina West. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that, like, that witch look, that was so, that was so smart and, like, clever and, I think, campy. And, it, like, still campy. And yet there was still, like, an element of, uh, like, of darkness to it. It's like, yeah, but, like, also, like, this is kind of real. You yeah. know, like, it was... Right. She was saying something and being campy at the same time, and, like, that was interesting. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I felt like that last one, it so reminded me of, like, Leatherface, like, wearing the mm. mask. Um, and then, like, ripping it off. Like, it was – that was – I don't know. that Like, that was such a cool reveal. In terms of reveals, I don't know if we've really seen that before, you know? Totally. Um, and, yeah, I, I think Nina was great. I think um, – uh, who else? I mean, yes, yeah, Scarlet, Nina, and Scarlet were 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 the top two for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and Brooklyn probably would have been in the top also. And the reason why I wouldn't have given it to her is she had the great mummy look. She had the great enchantress from Suicide Suicide Squad look, and then the I think she said like the it was like a Black Widow kind of monster look. I, again, I didn't think it was a monster. It so it didn't fit for me. I agree. I felt like it was more it it was like Angelica Houston before she takes off the mask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um I other things I wrote down, other queens I wrote down, um I kind of felt like a curious trampy or trick or treater or whatever, trampy trick or treater. Um, I know she was doing kind of like poker player, but I feel like with that table, it would have been cool to see someone do like Lady DJ, you know what I mean? Um <laughs> 
Like she could have had turntables and headphones <laughs> okay. and like, you know, like I think that would have been like a really clever usage of having that kind of costume on. Okay. I I thought this, I thought this was a great look and very creative and, and fun. I, I didn't care for her other looks cause they all kind of, they both kind of looked the same except one of Agreed. them had spiders yeah. around him. Um, I did like how she, she, she referred to her Snow White and the Huntsman look as deadly. She has that accent. So I, I don't know. Just a little nuance that I loved. What was what's what does she say? So she's saying the word deadly, but she says mm-hmm. she's deadly. 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 Oh, I, I totally missed that. <laughs> uh, I appreciated. Um, oh, I, it wasn't so much about Silky's look. Like Silky has that look that's supposed to be a nod to the Wiz, and oh. I'm glad that. I'm yep. glad they did a side by side because I haven't seen the Wiz yet. Oh and, my god. Um, it was, I was a like, miss. Well, ha- it was a total miss. It, yeah, and once they showed the side by side, I was like, "Yeah, this was no ease on back up the road." Yeah, Sophie. come exactly, on, exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, Ugh. but I, I will Bad say, news. I sorry. Yeah, I, I deeply appreciated that RuPaul made a "Nobody Beats the Wiz" reference. That's. <laughs> That's such a deep fucking cut. I was like, I haven't thought about the Wiz the in Wiz. such a long time. Um, Mary's, who don't know, it was like an old electronic store, and they sold music and stereos and all sorts of shit. And I feel like they closed somewhere in like the early 2000s, maybe. Mm, yeah, it was uh, in the past 20 years. I think it was early 2000s. Yeah. The uh, Wiz. The Wiz. Uh. Um, I, I think it's worth noting that Suga... The Bloody Mary look was also what I was looking for when I heard there was going to be a monster ball. I was like, that's what I want to see. I just want to see, like, gross, nasty Bloody Mary through the mirror. Like, I I thought that was great and a great use of the prop. Um, And the same with Raja when she did the bone collector look. I was like, this makes sense for the MILF look. Raja's, I I was just kind of getting, like anthropomorphic lamb like i just wasn't oh that's what you were getting so i i thought the maybe it was my computer screen but i thought the pants like looked like bones like it was fur but it looked like bones i thought it was cool i mean i i kind of i i got that as well i think just overall like the overall look i think like it was kind of like oh these pants look like bones this will do i'm gonna hold this bony you know snake this will do like it wasn't enough for me i think um yeah, it just wasn't enough. But I, I, I saw that same detail you saw, and I thought that was cool. But uh, Raja did not jump from jump out for me at all in these in these runways. Oh, yeah. Well, obvious. I mean, obviously, the Oz look. The problem I had with Oz, and I was talking with Chris about this. There, if you're dressed in green, you're an Ozian. You're not a witch. So when she came right? out, I was like, "You're not a witch." And I would say the same yeah. about uh, the same about Vanjie. Vanjie came out. I'm like. How are you a witch right now? Like this isn't. I, I'm not getting witch here. And same with um, Ariel Versace. There, there was nothing. Yeah, well, witch, you know, Van. Let's Vanjie. You know, Vanjie explained. She says it's not the regular degular runway. So that should tell you everything you need to know. She's not doing the regular degular. <laughs> that. But this just goes back to like Vanjie. Like you need to hone this bullshit yeah, into something real. Yeah. You know. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, I love Angie, but come on, girl. This wasn't a witch. <laughs> no, that's that's not a witch. That's your wife. Yeah. <laughs> I was giving it to you, Mary. I was giving it to you. And you did 
Oh, uh, thank God. Oh, I was waiting. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, again. Uh, and then Ariel. Ariel's only strong look for me was the needle exchange. Uh, Monet's, you know, sick sister. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sharon needles exchange. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she... It was I don't know I, I I wasn't getting witch I didn't even get Meryl I didn't get the witch in Into the Woods I got um, the stepmother in Into the Woods like it wasn't a witch um, so I don't know yeah it seemed like maybe a witch in like American Horror Story Coven you know what I mean yeah okay yeah right right but again like yeah. uh, like what they said to uh, Sugar it's like we don't want you to have to explain it to us so. Right, right. No, totally. Like, I I don't, I didn't love the look, but when I first saw it, I was like, maybe that's the direction she's going. Like, I feel like she and Vanjie were kind of doing these, like, Balenciaga witches, you know? Right, right. Um, I thought Plastique, I thought she was on brand, every single one. I thought, I, I can't say anything bad about any of her runways, except that, you know, they all were her brand. And, and that was it. Uh, she had the skeleton face, which I liked. But it would have been cool to see the Playboy Bunny, which I thought was perfection. And then the Maleficent, I'm like, okay, great. I'll give you a buy. It's a great look. Your makeup is perfect. And then for the MILF, I was I wanted her to go even further. Yes. I called that look Meredith Baxter Boney. Because <laughs> she looked like Meredith Baxter Bernie. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Um, and then but no, I agree. I thought that I thought we were being set up to see Plastique like come out and her like mouth would just be like ripped yeah, off. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. And it was like, oh, so you just look like uh, one of the like mean kids in the karate. Right. Kid. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. She was <laughs> exactly. Poor Ralph. Poor Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Macchio. Poor, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I and I, I feel like plastic. I agree. I liked. I don't really remember her witch, but um, her trick or treater was very. Um, this is another old stodgy reference, but it's very Angie Dickinson. Okay, that's a reference is, I don't know. I mean, you the only the only Angie Dickinson reference you would probably know is that's the name of the salad that Valerie Cherish wants to order <laughs> at the Palm Springs Resort in season one. I'll have the Angie Dickinson. No, I mean I've had it for years. Yeah. <laughs> It's, so that's how old Andy Dick, Angie Dickinson is as a reference. The, the, but the one if you look fruit, her up, you know, the one with the fruit, uh, which the one with the fruit, with, you know, with the, the poached pears and the chicken, yeah, they'll know. They'll yeah. Know. <laughs> um, the only queen we haven't mentioned yet is Evie. Uh, I, I when she came out with a child's dinosaur costume, I was like, okay, great, we're gonna see some odd. And then I was yeah. just underwhelmed by the next two looks because she came out as a sexy witch. Um, which I like the story that she told and she had the, you know, the, the white eye um, and then she had the fashion forward voodoo doll. But I was like, I don't know. I it it it, it was too pretty. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I think it was like, yeah, Ross said it's like a monster I, I'd, I'd like to take to a charity event or something. And I agree. I I, I think that when she said she was going to do a voodoo doll, I was like. Oh, I hope you have pins sticking out of you. I hope you have like yeah. all kinds of shit. Yeah, Mary. you know. Yes, exactly. You know? And I, I like that's what I expected, and I, I just didn't get what. And I think it just didn't all come together, or she had an idea and it didn't congeal. Um, I think in terms of like the trick or treater look, like that was really fun, and the and the claws on the heels were really cool. I, 
I really liked it. I was very surprised at like how like blown away Elvira was. It was like, I, yeah, me too. This is fun. It didn't seem like that revolutionary, which doesn't take away that it was funny, but like it wasn't. I don't know. I mean, I've seen so many other like it, I've seen runways that really blew my mind, and this one just like made me laugh. You right. know? Yeah, that that was an interesting edit. Uh, I don't know if she was prompted or what, but Evie. Uh, she, sh- I, I don't know. I wouldn't have put um, Plastique, Brooklyn, and Evie in the top here. Um, you know, uh, like I said, I would have put yeah. Scarlet, Nina, and maybe Brooke in the top. Maybe Evie. I don't know, but yeah. definitely Brooke for the the on point mummy, which was jaw dropping. It was great. Uh, obviously, all the all the ballerina dancers out there are like whatever, bitch. You know, but like. We've never seen that before, and I think that's notable. Um, whenever I, whenever something comes down the runway that I've never seen before, I think it's important to note. Yeah, Brooklyn says, uh, I don't think we've ever seen a mummy on point on Drag Race before. And I'm like, Brooklyn, that's so fucking specific. Of course we haven't seen that before. <laughs> you know, it's like we haven't seen a dachshund juggling apricots on the show either. But hey, the world's your oyster. Who knows what kind of pearls you'll find? So it's just like – it was such a specific thing. Like, I don't think we've seen a mummy, period. <laughs> Just right, say that. Right, right, right. <laughs> Just say that. I don't think then. we've seen a mummy on point. Just say, oh, yeah, well, that's conversation. Just say talk. <laughs> yeah, just say talk. Just say talk. Just say exactly. talk. Exactly. Yeah, talk. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have the bottom is uh, Sugar, Silky, and Ariel. Do you want to... I mean, again, Brooke wins. Brooklyn has, Brooklyn has two wins now. Nina has one. Scarlet and Evie share one. And Silky has one. I mean, I'm seeing a top four, a top five kind of forming here. Um, I don't see any of those queens kind of going home. So we'll see what they do with Scarlet. Yeah. Scarlet's getting this weird edit. I don't know what they're doing with her. So. Yeah, I mean, I uh, it seems like we're we're scooting towards the lip sync, so yes. I want to just make sure we have two more best supporting actress nominations before we get there. Um, and uh, I guess this could have come up when we were talking about Ariel at the top of the show, but uh, during the deliberations, Ariel kind of comes out with the like I try I I portray myself as someone who's really strong, but I'm just it's not you know like right. that's such a it's such a common refrain that we hear, and I. I really appreciated like Ross listening and he goes, uh-huh. Like, <laughs> but Tamar, yeah, not, have you seen the show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Have you ever seen the show? It's like, uh-huh. And you know how like Queens always say that. So I just had to nominate Ross's like completely unamused. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Continue the speech that I've heard a thousand times right, before. Right. Um, and then of course I just have to give a moment of appreciation for the moment of appreciation that we got for Evie Oddly's laugh, because I've been wanting to oh, see yeah. that celebrated. Yeah. I just I love that Jeremy Sisto realness that she's giving me, and um, I just want it to continue. So that's the final Best Supporting Actress nomination is Evie's laugh. Good for Evie, yeah. That laugh is finally the laugh is finally coming through. Um, hopefully she laughs yeah. a lot more. Um, yeah, Brooklyn wins. We get the bottom two is Ariel and Sugar. I I was shook to be honest with you. I was I uh. So what happened was. Long story short, Mary's maybe on another episode. I'll talk about it. But I went to see Sasha Valore's Smoke and Mirrors on Thursday night. Um, and so I missed Drag Race. But I ran to Barracuda after the show and after kind of like talking with some of the Marys uh, in the lobby. And uh, I caught the lip sync. 
Um, or I caught when RuPaul was like saying who was going to be in the bottom. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to be Ariel and Silky. They've been setting this up. Here we go. Like it's, you know, they're going to be against each other. And I really thought it was going to be Silky and Ariel. But I hadn't seen the runway, so I didn't know what the critiques were. And when Silky was safe, I was like, what? And then watching the whole episode, I'm like, really? I don't know. Yeah. I I think that I think that they certainly could have that I think that would have maybe been except for what ended up happening, I think that the stakes would have felt higher if it was Silky versus Ariel. Yeah. I I feel like I feel like up until this point, like, I think Sugar, I feel like they're just, they're pushing her, they're pushing her. And either they're pushing her out the door or they're pushing her to bloom. Right. But, because, um, I mean, Sugar's been doing well and her, I don't think she's been doing poorly so far. No. Uh, even this week, I mean, I, I think that the troll look was was very confusing and I think the final runway, yeah, it didn't really work, but I, I could have seen her still being safe. Um, I I think that Ariel still would have gone home even if she hadn't fallen against Silky. Oh, you, oh against but Silky. I, okay. But I think if Ariel hadn't fallen against Sugar, Ariel would have won. Well, here's the thing. And yes, agreed. Like, I felt like this, like Ariel, they put in the bottom just, you know, for drama's sake. And they were going to send Sugar home. They even had in Untucked, like the, the fiance coming out and everything. I was like, okay, sh-, you yeah. know, like it seems like they were going to send Sugar home. And then Ariel fucking bit it like pheromone now here's the thing she slipped and she fell and that's why she went home but otherwise every other moment she was kind of upstaging sugar and yeah i don't know i feel like it would have been a great story had ariel fallen and then gotten back and still slayed unlike pheromone and just showed the grit and showed the passion like that's a great storyline to have her be like yeah I, i fucking fell and then i still won you know right i mean if she had if if she won that lip sync even if she'd fallen i wouldn't have argued with it not that anyone would have asked me anyway uh but i i wouldn't have been against it because it like i think that sugar was sugar seemed like she was kind of like lip syncing in the shower you know what i mean like she was called all kind of internal you know her yeah. eyes were closed so she didn't get any water in them you know yeah. and i felt like ariel was more open and uh was was kind of lip syncing to the judges and she was really like capturing some of the nuances in ways I did not expect. I expected that from Sugar. Right, I was really too. surprised. Too. I was very surprised. I mean, Sugar was strong. She's she's a great lip syncer, but you have Ariel just she she just fucking bit it and like rolled over. We saw her ass and then she gets up, she's not shaken. She still just kills yeah. it. I'm just like, "Oh god." Like I could never. I could never. Yeah, I mean, and the way that she fell, I mean, like, basically with her ass, like, she was, she was like, at the proctologist's Mary, office I laughed for a out second loud. There. I laughed out loud. Oh. I felt bad, but, like, we were, I was in the bar, and we were all laughing, so. I mean, I, like, I certainly was, like, God, what a moment of humiliation. I'm so glad that she's been able to, like, own uh, me it. Too. Because, like, that me could be, too. especially as a queen, that people are like, oh, you're just an Instagram queen. To, like, bite it like that is, yeah. I mean, I thought. You know, towards the beginning of the lip sync, she started doing, or right before she fell, she started doing some arm rolls. And I was like, okay, well, right. now you've humiliated yeah. yourself. Bye. But then she fell. <laughs> then yeah. She fell. Bye. Bye. I don't like arm rolls. Uh, no. I mean, arm rolls. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I've had lots of words on this podcast about Ariel kind of being a nasty queen. And I, you know, 
that very well may be true in those moments i was just kind of like girl put it away like like get over yourself um but at the same time like super impressed that she was able to just like pull this out um and yeah i i I wouldn't have been surprised had she stayed uh and, and she she didn't so yeah um so uh, before we kind of wrap things up, Ooh, wait, I mean, Ooh, do we I, want to talk? I know what you're going to do. I want to just mention about Be My Baby Tonight by Whitney Houston, that sure. there is a mashup opportunity with the X-Men cartoon theme song. Oh, I I I could totally see so that, goes, knowing that goes, song. da 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 be my baby tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Did you make that up or did you find that? I made that up, Mary. Eat shit. Of course. I figured. I figured. Um, I. This is not the first one you've done, and I won't remind you of the other ones. Yeah. Oh, you hate when I do the other one. Oh, the. Un- I want to see you be brave. Uh, if you want to see my heart breaking. I was hoping you forgot about that one. Ugh. I get. God, I've where's that men in black that pen? One. I've gotten praise for all the hate you've given me on that one. I've gotten praise. Anyway, Marys, are you going to do a, uh, a best supporting actress moment here? Yes. Yes, I am. I am going to uh, award the best supporting actress this week. I, you know, I. I can't say that there, that this was like a, a com- really competitive episode for Best Supporting Actress, but just to remind everybody what our nominees were, um, we had Akira's confusion in her talking head, um, Silky's sh- in- intense uh, proclamation of Charmin, um, Elvira's quirky wordplay, um, Ross's bemusement, and Evie's laugh. Uh, this was tough, but I think I gotta go. I gotta dance with the one that brought me. And this week, <laughs> Evie wins. Oh wow! Oh, yuck. Um, uh, I, you know, uh, you can't win them all, Johnny. Uh, I would have given it to Silky, so that's okay. Yeah, I know, but you know, um, sorry, Glenn. <laughs> Ooh, the shade. Um, Oops, Mary, do yeah. you want to end our episode here and then do a quick untucked and talk about Nina's coming out story, or do you want to talk about it now? Um, I think that you know what I think. How about we? How about we do? Because uh, really, un- I mean, in terms of in terms of untucked, the only thing I'd really want to kind of revisit is just um, what I called Nina West's Peabody Award for Excellence in Visual Media. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, is just her continuing coming out story and. Um, just, you know, the gospel of Nina, you know, you know, so, uh, I learned when listening to her podcast that Nina West now has a foundation. It's called the Nina West foundation. You can go to her website, find out all about it, um, and donate if you want. Um, when she was talking about her story and kind of revisiting it in untucked this week, she kept saying like, oh yeah, I was being bullied and harassed. And in my mind, I'm like, this was not bullying. This was stalking. This was harassment. This was death threats. This was violence. This was not bullying. And there's a problem in the queer community, in a lot of people's vernacular, um, especially straight people kind of coming in onto the bully train. And there is such a difference between someone attacking you because you're gay and threatening you and bullying you because you have, you know, ugly shoes. 
And I I just want to make that distinction here. Like this is absolutely no shade to Nina because obviously I use that word too. But I think we need to start using different words here because this is not bullying. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I mean, when she when she calls it bullying, and and then and you know there, that could have been an element of it. You know, and obviously then it. Uh, escalates from there but as you were saying that i just and i have no idea this is armchair psychiatry this is not about nina this is just about like the way people describe things that happen to them so this is i have no idea if this is about true oh, okay. um but i wonder if when people describe things kind of you know it's like saying yeah i mean this kind of happened but then when you find out like the police report you're like that didn't like kind of happen that happened big time and it was this right i wonder if there's something about the way that we talk about things is kind of like so we can live with it you know oh, what i mean I like yeah if you if if she has to relive it and keep using it words like violence and harassment and stalking like i i could see that being harder to kind of like I don't know, like not be so intense or, or painful to talk about. I don't know. This, I just, I feel like, and it could be a subconscious thing, you know, that if that there's ways that people talk about their traumas that mm. minimize it, so it doesn't feel so heavy. Oh, you I, know? I mean, I've been there. I am with you, Mary. Like it, it's, it's almost to like spare the other person in a way. Um, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. I guess my point here is like. I will always give students advice, like stand up to your bully, right? Stand up to your fucking bully. But if your bully is death threatening you, harassing you, like stalking you, like that's not the same situation. There is no shame in running and hiding and calling the police. You know what I mean? But there are some situations where if you're being bullied, it's like, yeah, you got to take matters in your own hands and and fight back, you know? But And so that's kind yeah. of the difference for me here. And what I love about Nina's coming out story, and we got more of it, I thought it was edited beautifully where the first week it was basically like this awful, uh, you know, situation where she had to switch dorms and these people threatened her. Um, and then they saved the coming out story for this week where it was like, oh, yeah, there's more to that story. I had to tell my parents because of this. Um, and that is... I mean, you're basically being pushed out of the closet. Um, and we hear so many kids that actually are being harassed, are being stalked, are being threatened, are being beat up, and they can't come out to their parents. Um, and, it, yeah. you know, you, you think about somebody who was also brought up this week of Matthew Shepard. It's like that's, again, another situation. It's like that kid wasn't bullied. Um, he was murdered, right? And uh, he or and let's say he survived like Again, not bullying, um, but you have to be in a, in a situation where you can tell your parents. And thank goodness that Nina's parents were, you know, not Republican enough for them to be like, fuck you, deal with this on your own. Because Nina on her podcast talks about, because she went to Denison, which is basically a, a pretty conservative school. Um, and she didn't, she got a scholarship. So like she didn't have money to go to another college. Like this was her, this was it. Yeah. This was the choice. Um, and so yeah. when she was talking about it on her podcast and then comparing it also with what she was talking about on Untucked, like this was a hard situation. She had to tell her parents um, because she, she, she was stuck between a rock and a hard place and maybe, you know, violence was going to be put upon her. Um, so yeah, she needed some guns. Her friends didn't know what to do. Um, yeah. I mean, I think this is a thing that, and we've probably talked about this before that, 
you know, I, I we could say that certainly a lot of, you know, queer people know this. I think women know this. I think there are lots of men that know this of any persuasion or, uh, you know, identification that like there are times where you have to navigate, like, do I defend myself or do I like, you know, fight or flight? Because it's like you it constantly navigating how much even if it's not defending yourself, even if it's just showing any kind of defiance, um, like, is this is this really worth it or is yeah. this going to kill me right. or is this going to maim me? Right. And I think, you know, I certainly know, like, you know, as a gay man, like, I certainly lean towards the feeling of, like, you know what? Like, this is probably not – like, unless I'm really confident about myself in this situation, this is probably not safe for me to kind of, like, call out something happening. And – it becomes just kind of the hair trigger response is like, yeah, but how safe is it? Right. And uh, I don't know. I just, I think that, I think that that's an element too of like standing up to things that like standing up to bullies, even just bullies, you know, even if it's not full on harassment. Um, it makes me think of in a way to describe or to correlate the word bullying with Matthew Shepard. No, it's not bullying. It's so much more than that. But I, I think that it, there is a, direct connection i think that bullying is the access point to you know all of a sudden you're taking it further you know like i just think that that's to me once somebody starts getting into bullying and you find people who are co-signing that nightmare mm. i think it's kind of like when white nationalists find each other and then that flame grows like i think it, it becomes like this access drug you know or this gateway drug okay. um that validates shitty behavior. So I'm not saying that what happened to Matthew Shepard was bullying, right? I know, but yeah, they don't exist in different rooms, you know. Yeah, I, they definitely don't. I yeah, they're in the same kind of column. They're on the same page. But uh, I don't know. I I think of like the gay men that I work with in my life. Like there are some gay bullies that I interact with once a week, and they're only bullies because they're so fucking angry, and so. Uh, mm -hmm. And they're so fucking downtrodden, and so like they'll they'll say some shade, they'll throw some shade, they they will say something mean to somebody else or about somebody else because you know they're weak of character, and I and I don't think that type of bullying is gonna jump to aggression and violence. And so when when Nina talks about how like how she had to call her parents, I think it's and again to reiterate. And bring this point home and you were also uh, agreeing with this it's like there are times when you do not need to be quote-unquote strong strong isn't necessarily turning around and saying stop it sometimes strong yeah. is i'm gonna take care of my fucking self and then i'm gonna go get help that strength yeah yeah and you know it's uh i i think it's great that nina's parents could be supportive for her i love that you know her dad said you're perfect whatever you want to oh, do beautiful um i think that's that's a great response i think um yeah i don't know i i i appreciate in particular like nina bringing up matthew shepherd like i when she said do you guys know who matthew shepherd is and vanji shook her head i was like oh wow, wow. i Matthew Shepard is such an indelible figure to me because of when I, you know, when that happened and how old I was. So, like, it was such a, a present figure that I, I didn't even think about that that could become a story that, like, people don't know about. Right. And especially with the Laramie Project, I think that helps continue it. But it made me curious, especially, like, younger Marys. And this isn't, like, no shame. It's just, like, I'm curious if they're, for folks who are watching this, if this was the first time they heard about Matthew Shepard. Sure, sure. And that's great that Drag Race is doing that. That's, like, fantastic. 
what's important is that you know about him. And as Nina, as Dina said, Matthew Shepard happened, and it's still happening. Oh, like, that's what matters. Mary, Mary, I, I was talking about this. Uh, oh, it was on. It was after the episode on Thursday night, because um, obviously, like Untucked came on, and we're hearing this in the middle of the bar. It was. It was pretty staggering to see these queer people drinking and like quiet and listening to Nina. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, one of my friends told me to do this and, and so I did it and I have it up now. Um, did you know that there's a Wikipedia page listing all of the unlawfully killed transgendered people in the world? I mean, oh, wow. it's, it's like staggering and awful and sad and scary and, you know, today it being Trans Visibility Day, like, I think it's just important. Like, if you have a second, maybe just go read some of those names. You know, know who, da yeah. know, know, know who Dana Martin is, right? Like, know what happened to her. Because it was awful. Like, it was, it was really, really, really hard. And, and she's one of, like, so many that have died, right? Uh, 2018, there's way too many to list. Um, and Dana Martin, I think, being one of of a few um, in 2019 that have already died. But um, she, for Nina to bring this up is crucial, right? Because it's not just it's not just queer people, it's not just transgender people, it's women, it's Black lives, it's Latinos, it's people that are challenging a norm and people feeling threatened by it. And so they they act in aggression and act in violence. And we're coming to this point in our country where we are so divided by fear that violence is coming. And it's 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 just really scary. And so I, I really appreciated her saying that the norm is incredible people being themselves. And that's kind of Nina's platform. Um, and, and yeah. a reason why I love Drag Race, right? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, kind of what Nina's saying, and I think uh, things we've talked about before and, and things I think a lot of people have talked about where it's like, I think a lot of people feel that sense, like people feeling divided and feeling that kind of like pressure cooker uh, of uh, lots of anger and lots of justified anger um, that I think, I think it does come back to that idea of like thinking global and acting local. It's like, listen, you, one person, you're not going to like, uh, for anyone who has seen the show Pen15, like you're not going to solve racism. Sure. Um, which is a, a um, it's not making fun of race. Anyway, um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to explain it. Just go watch it. Um, but I think acting locally, it's like, yeah, but like, what can you do like in your community or at work or with your friends or whatever? And I think like the whole idea is that we're all acting locally and then that is like becomes the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. And I think that what Nina's saying, it's like, just by her saying that doesn't like absolve everything else that's going on, but it's just like one more person suggesting a different narrative, you know? And right. like, I think that's what matters is like you, you can't stop the other narratives. You just have to create other, you have to create better narratives and narratives that can be inclusive for other people to join. I think that's, it, it's about creating, you know, mm. and crowding out, I think. Uh, yeah. I'm co-signing that Mary. You got to you got to create it and put it in there and put it into the world because there's so many other messages that are opposing that right now. So we have to we have to be those people and be those platforms. So I'm with you. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's an everyday thing. It's like RuPaul says about like self-discipline. It's like cutting off the tail every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, you recommit to it every day of like, okay, no, this is like, it's kind of like when you wake up in the morning and you decide like what kind of day you want to have. Right, you know? right. Um, you just got to make that call. 
uh, the call, the call, the call. I didn't know which call you meant. Sorry, that's. Uh, oh no, I just don't call you meant. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, Mary, uh, any other thoughts on Untucked? I mean, that this was the big one. Obviously, Sugar Kane's fiance was a really beautiful moment. Um, and then uh, you even mentioned um, Akira just like spinning Ariel around and is like, "There's no filter here, girl." It was that uh, was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I. That moment really hooked me for Akira that I w- I think if that moment didn't happen, I would feel like Akira was fading for me. But that was like, oh, this is – I'm into this TV. Mm-hmm. I like what's happening here. Yeah. So I hope we get more of that. I think she's uh, – um, yeah, I think she's got a lot of potential energy we haven't really seen yet. Um, I just also have a moment of appreciation for Ariel's freckles. I don't know if you noticed, mm-hmm. but she has freckles on her arms, and I she is a lot. Love yes, that. like I love that. <laughs> yeah, she has the kind of complexion that a lot of redheaded people yeah, have. Like that kind of yeah, like, yeah, totally. Yeah, she has totally. that kind of ginger complexion. Oh, so. Shout out to um, uh, a Mary that recently outed himself as a Mary. Uh, Nate the Cub um, is in the chorus, and uh, he outed himself as a Mary, who is also a redhead with freckles. So. Shout out to Nate the Cub. Well, all right, Mary. Uh, <laughs> I, all, any any Mary who listens to All Right Mary is a Mary to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he was just at uh, Jonathan from Queer Eye's birthday party, which I thought was really cool. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, how do you like that? Oh, yeah, um, like did he get him a nice scrunchie? <laughs> That's what I would get, Jonathan. Like a, a, a fun... Uh, Remember the brand, like, you had older sisters. What was it? It was, like, Squincy. I don't <laughs> remember the what they were called, but I do remember just, like, lots of scrunchies. Like, like electric blue scrunchies, uh, uh, polka dot scrunchies. Yeah, they were everywhere. Yeah. People, does anyone still wear a scrunchie? A scrunchie? Well, Hillary Rodham Clinton <laughs> definitely fucking sure did, so. Oh, well, well there you go. I'm with that. <laughs> Uh, with that, Mary, I'm, should we should we end our recap and move on? I think that's it. I think all we have left is just, you know, our usual biz- business and a last chance lip sync. Let's do it. Well, uh, Marys, if you have any thoughts, you can reach out to us on Twitter at All Right Mary, or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com, or you can email us, which we love, at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com. Um, one of these days, we're going to have a mailbag episode coming out where we're going to answer lots of emails and, uh, and do that over Instagram. Or not over Instagram. I am literally so stupid right now. Um, uh, we'll do that over a podcast, uh, which I think will be kind of fun. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm at Johnny also. And you can get more of me on my podcast in the details, a celebration of nuance. I just released a new episode uh, called Gym Teacher Witch Friend, so go find out what that means. Uh, you can get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker. You can get more of both of us at patreon.com backslash allrightmary, where you can be getting advanced access to our recaps of Drag Race Thailand Season 2, uh, which is just so good. Um, and you could leave us some love on iTunes, which would be very welcomed. Yeah, there you go, Mary. Uh, what's the last chance lip sync this week? Well, I was trying to think of something ooky spooky, and I was scrolling through my Spotify, and I was like, you know, I I effing love this song. Uh, so it seems a little ooky spooky. It seems kind of monstrous. Uh, so I chose uh, Heavy Metal Heart by Sky Ferreira. All right. Uh, it's great. It's got such a big chorus. It's like a big old wall of sound. I 
Um, I might put on a towel dress later and see what happens. Okay, Mary. All right. Maybe take a take a little Twitter live video or something. Yeah, maybe I'll do a little TikTok like the kids do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that marries thanks for tuning in we will see you next week for the Olympics of drag so yeah <laughs>